Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Let's get it started in here. And the bass keeps running, running, and running. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in everybody welcome to the opening line this week you are only going to be graced by yours truly ethan rose over here uh we're super excited to bring you another episode of the opening line which unfortunately is watching the world series as it airs it's been a busy week your boy has a lot of work going on we've been dealing with fires here in california that have been raging all over the state um luckily i am okay and uh my well wishes go out to everybody who is uh going through troubles with uh these fires i know the getty fire is the closest one so far to me um but other than breathing in some smoke i am one of the luckier individuals in this situation um we've got family in town we've got other business obligations that we need to take care of because us here at the opening line we are very busy professional individuals at the ripe age of 24 um, you might be hearing some screeching throughout this podcast because, well, there is a tree that decided to grow however so large and now it is scratching against my window as the Santa Ana winds are pushing through uh, Western and Southern California. So there might be, it sounds like a ghost, honestly. Like I've been sitting here kind of spooked on it, but uh, it's okay. It's just a tree branch rubbing up against some glass and we will get through it this episode. Um we're going to get our usual picks. I will get you Xander's picks. He had a pretty good week last week when it came to the college front. I, again, hold true to my NFL standards and perform pretty well at the professional level. Not so hot when it comes to the NCAA, but it is okay. I wanted to get to some news prior to the picks that we're going to do. One, we've got the World Series, like I said, going on right now, which is not in attendance, but he's watching with a, a cohort of people, hopefully. Um, enjoying what looks to be an amazing game. It is the Nationals currently up 3-2 um, in the bottom of the seventh. You obviously will be hearing this bright and early tomorrow morning and will know your World Series champion. Um, a lot to be said about this game getting pushed to a Game 7. We're excited to bring you more information about it next week when we uh, we get you a full episode doing a World Series breakdown as well as our picks. Other than that, Andy Dalton, who we were very excited to talk about, we're also going to push that conversation back to next week. Uh, Xander crunched the numbers, and Andy Dalton might be the best baseline out there for average quarterbacks um, and a way to determine if a quarterback had a good career, average career, or below average career. He was benched. That is why he will be brought up. Um, the Bengals 0-8 with their new coach, Zach Taylor, need to figure something out, but it does not look like it'll be the redhead king himself, Andy Dalton. He has been benched. We saw Carl Anthony Towns and Joel Embiid get into a scrap and ejected this year. And we've got basketball just starting up. Again, not a whole lot of basketball we're willing to bring you at this point. 
The only thing on the college level, basketball-wise, is Michigan State will be the number one ranked team coming into the season, which I generally like. I think that will make for a good run come postseason time and all of our favorite time in March Madness. So we'll have to see how that goes. But that's kind of a quick sports roundup for what has been going on this week. Um, Again, we've got a lot going on here at the opening line. So sometimes it is hard for us to get together and do these things. Again, same goes for guests. But we will get it all rightened out and figure it out, get you some fun guests on the show eventually, as well as some different segments. Um, We do not have Cole off in the office with us today. So it is just me, and here are the college top 25 standings as they stand right now. We like to bring these before our picks. LSU leapfrogging Alabama after beating Auburn 23-20. If you guys saw our picks last week, I was wrong once again. I am completely over. When it comes to picking against or for Auburn this year, I think that brings me to a grand total of 0-5. LSU letting me down for the first time this year. Um, They did get the W. They do move into the top spot. And Alabama now falling one spot below. They had a pretty meaningless game against Arkansas where Mac Jones was the starter. He did get the W and in a convincing fashion covering the spread. They won 48-7. They'll be at number two. Ohio State. Uh, they did their job, and once again, it just makes me hurt for the Big Ten. I get in arguments nonstop about conferences, not just the Big Ten, mostly about the Pac-12 and the ACC, but the Big Ten's weak, and I don't think, with nobody here to argue against me, I don't think I have a problem stating my thoughts on it um, as we move forward. One, Wisconsin taking that loss to Illinois, great, but the fact that They couldn't come in here and put together a full game, especially offensively. And I understand how good Ohio State is. I've been the one saying I think this is the best Ohio State team since their championship run. And in fact, I think it's better than that Ohio State team. But Wisconsin continues to lose when I put my money on their side. And that is what it is. But the fact that they went in there, lost 38-7. to They lost in the conference championship a couple years ago, 52 to nothing. It really shows that their side of the Big Ten is almost as irrelevant as the SEC when on the opposing side of Alabama. Honestly, in my opinion, that's what it is. And not to mention, I just think it's weak all the way down because I think they beat on Michigan pretty good. I think Michigan's a pretty weak team regardless of the Notre Dame win, which Xander's not able to defend himself, but Xander called the better of the year betting Notre Dame. He lost three units on that as my Michigan Wolverines. And I only say my because I continue to be gambling on them for some reason. Took that one with absolute ease. You know how I feel about Notre Dame until they get into conference. I don't think they're a legitimate team, but I also don't think the Big Ten is a legitimate conference after the way things are going. It'll be interesting to see how Penn State is able to manage the rest of their season. They will play Ohio State here soon. Ohio State also on by this week. I think Ohio State's going to take it to Penn State as well. Um, we're waiting for the big, the top Big Ten teams to clash and play one of those classic 9-6 games. But I think, honestly, this Ohio State team this year isn't looking to play any of those games and kind of and can run away with the majority of their games. We got Clemson at four, who is starting to uh, right the ship, in my opinion. I know they're playing bad teams, but when you play bad teams, you need to put up the numbers they do. Winning by 52, winning 59-7 over Boston College at home. They got Wofford again. The only time you ever hear of Wofford is a potential NCAA March Madness berth, and uh, they, they've they shaken some brackets up there for sure, but this Wofford team will not compete with Clemson. Like I said, Penn State sitting at 5, beating Michigan State 28-7. Florida had a bye, but they're still at 6. Oregon beating Washington State 37-35. They move up to 7. I think, again, too high for a Pac-12 team, especially since there's two Pac-12 teams in the top 10 with Utah 
convincingly beating California 35-0 to move to nine. Georgia is creeping back up. They're six and one. Even after a bye, they moved up two spots. They have a big matchup against Georgia, which I will get into here shortly. And then Oklahoma losing to Kansas State. Now, this was interesting because they came out hot 17-7. They didn't look like they get stopped. And K-State has been struggling to score the ball. Just look at their games against Oklahoma State and Baylor where they were unable to cover a Roz bet. So I know K-State. I've been watching them lose. K-State must have had something in the Kool-Aid that morning because they came out there and absolutely annihilated Oklahoma. To me, I don't really care about what a bunch of commentators or sports writers are saying. I think it's over. I don't think Oklahoma has a shot in hell, in the best words I could put possible, to make it to this postseason. So I think they're out. I don't know of a situation which, which in which they'll get in. I mean, I look at the four right now. I still think Georgia and LSU, with a loss, are better than this Oklahoma team with one loss. So we'll have to see. Obviously, the LSU-Alabama game is two weeks away. But again, I think the loser of that game still deserves one of the four spots. And then I don't think Ohio State or Clemson will lose the rest of the way. So Oklahoma, I think that was the end for them. They needed an undefeated season. I think anybody in the Big 12 needed an undefeated season. We'll see how that all goes. Auburn falling out. They take their second loss, to be fair, to another top 10 ranked team. So a tough go for Auburn. They will have to find another way to bounce back. But I think also effectively their season has ended. Um, But that is the top 10 currently in college football. I also wanted to bring up before we do picks some kind of amazing news on the college front. I mean, huge news. In fact, NCAA is now allowing athletes to be compensated. One of the biggest stories of the decade, probably the biggest story of my lifetime in terms of NCAA and collegiate sports. Um, It does, it will open up a freeway of new rules that need to be implemented. And um, I think that's one to be talked about. I think, I've been, and if you've listened to our show here at the opening line, we've done 41 episodes now, or if you ever listened to our previous show, The Sporting Edge, I have been one for the players. Um, They've deserved to be compensated for a long, long time. And partially, I think this should bring bring back some of the vacated wins, vacated championships, because rightfully so, these players' likeliness were used to make money, and the NCAA used these players to make money. I mean, Zion Williamson alone... The ratings last year for the NCAA were higher than they had been in the last five seasons, and the profit was incredible. And yet none of these college players saw it, and we saw where that could be troublesome when his shoe exploded, and he was arguably arguably should have sat out the rest of the way. And the guy who could have ruined his career with one blown knee, I mean, he's already had trouble. Zion's not going to play for the first six to eight weeks of the NBA season with a knee injury that may or may not relate back to last year's injury. Um, So I'm all for this. I think the players deserve to get paid. I mean, the NCAA alone was making goo gobs, if not billions of dollars, off of these players. And we were making money. Let's be honest, the gambler, you make money off of these guys. You're betting based on which of their performances. I mean, you look at Cassius Winston, and you're like, all right, I think with their point guard play, Michigan State has a better shot with these odds. So you you base your bets off the players, not just the teams. So if everybody's making money except for the guys who are actually going out there and performing, I think that's a little bit whack. I'm not saying that they should make our gambling profits because, well, one, that would turn into a Black Sox situation and uh, it would be corrupt for the whole league. But I do think these guys should rightfully be paid. There is the question, why wouldn't a school like Alabama pay everyone 100 k It's not plausible. Honestly, if you implement a cap system like in the professional levels, I think this actually spreads out 
the talent in the country because right now, without money being a factor, you go to who's winning. And Alabama's always winning. Clemson is always winning. So they're going to get the best recruits because they're the only two teams competing in the last five years. And that's going to be a constant. Same for the SEC schools like Georgia, Florida. They'll get the best recruits because they have that name brand and they have a good legacy in terms of victories. So with compensation and cap being in play, now when you get a guy like Tua, who I'm sure they didn't recruit very hard because he wasn't a top recruit, but say Justin Fields, for example, in Ohio State, he's going to garner more attention and you're going to have to pay him more, meaning your cap space is going to be less. So a top player of equal talent in a different position won't be able to go to Ohio State because they won't have the funds or the cap space to bring him, so he'll have to spread out, maybe go to Wisconsin, go to an Indiana, bringing more variety to the the National Collegiate Association, or whatever the NCAA is. I don't even need to be spelling out that acronym. But I really think that the idea that, oh, Alabama's going to come in there and be the Yankees of college football, that's not going to be the case. Also, many programs have a ton of cash, so even without a cap, you can get a Texas overpaying for somebody to make sure that they do sign with their program. Uh, so for me, all in all, a great day for collegiate sports. I think they are very deserving of it, and I think that will help all the way down. I think athletes not even in the two major sports, basketball and football, can reap some benefit from this. Uh, with how much the school programs and the NCAA makes as a whole, it can trickle down and help them out as well. So again, very excited for it. Let's talk about making you money just like these players. Let's get into our picks this week. I will be reading off my picks as well as Xander. We have two top-ranked games this week, top 25-ranked matchups. It's going to be SMU versus Memphis. Memphis will be at home. They're a six-point favorite over SMU. SMU undefeated. Memphis, a one-loss team. Uh, Memphis minus six. To me, it's a lot of points here for a very strong and a fast-scoring SMU team. I understand they're going on the road. It's going to be a loud environment. And I'm not necessarily saying SMU is going to come out with victory here, but I think six is a fun number to take. Me and Wits are both riding the Mustangs at plus six. We're taking them one unit value across the board. We then have a dispute, of course. I mean, he is undefeated other than... No, he's not undefeated. I've beat him one time when picking SEC schools against each other, and we're going against each other again this week. Georgia against Florida, six for seven here. Florida plus six and a half. Georgia minus six, depending on where you get your line. I think Georgia minus six is the answer here. Um, they have looked pretty bad, similar to to Clemson. I just think they've come off so slow and just don't look like the team in years past. But a lot of that has to do with Jake Fromm. I think he can right the ship. And I think this is going to be a big week for Georgia. Coming off of a bye, I like them a lot. I think they're going to win by double digits because, again, I keep saying it, but Trask is not the answer in Florida. That offense is not the answer in Florida. So I'm all for Georgia in this game. Making a statement, one that they need, beating the seventh team in the country. If they can make a statement, they're instantly back into the playoff push of things, and uh, I really like their chances. I've got Michigan minus 21. They're playing Maryland, and Xander is on the opposite end of that. Xander will be going with the plus 21 for Maryland. Michigan, they showed their will against Notre Dame, a top 10 ranked team last week, and I think they're going to do it again. They're going to keep winning until they run into the Ohio State Buckeyes, which I think will be the end of Jim Harbaugh's career. I don't think he'll be able to take a W against them this year, but I do think he'll be able to beat Maryland by more than three touchdowns. Maryland has just been an absolutely atrocious team, so I am not concerned with that at all. For me, 
I'm going back to the well for my next two picks. I'm going Virginia plus two and a half on the road against UNC. I had them last week against Louisville. Louisville scored three three unanswered touchdowns, causing me to drop that bet, which hurt. Again, I did go one and four last week, so it just was a losing way when it came to the NCAA. But I think Virginia is going to right the ship. They're a better team than UNC. I do love Mac Brown, and I was betting on them earlier in the season. But part of me thinks this Virginia team is second to Clemson in the conference, um, and there's really nobody else close to it. But we'll see how that all goes. I also finished off with FSU, who I bet against last week, took Syracuse plus 10. FSU ran away with it. FSU will be hosting Miami, another team struggling immensely this season. I'm going to take FSU at home, minus 3. Seems like the easy choice to me. Which is going to close out with two plus 15s. One is plus 15 and a half. He's got Vandy plus 15 as well as Army. He keeps riding these nights. Hopefully they will continue to get him Ws. Last time he took them, it was a hard loss as they, he took a minus six and they lost. Um, he's had a tough go of it as well. His collegiate week last week was three and two, but he lost a three-unit play. We are all st- He's standing at negative seven units while I stand at a negative 3.6 units. I can write the ship, but it might be a tough go the remainder of the season for Wits here. Hopefully, his picks will work this week. We're against each other twice, so one of us is going to have to win ultimately, and uh, hopefully it'll be me. I do have the better standing at 23-22-2, and two, um, and he sits at an abysmal 22-25. and 25. Um, Which very big on the Notre Dame team that I knew going into that game wasn't as strong as they looked. They had an awful loss, or not a loss, but an awful game against USC they haven't looked right. Ian Book has not looked like the answer. Brian Kelly continues to be a coach who will not find his way into the postseason. And Notre Dame got the spanking I knew they deserved and knew they were going to get. And uh, it was great to see. It was great to chirp at wits, especially after getting a ton of giffies. If you know what a giffy is, it's a nice small picture meme of the Irish for hours on hours. And especially to see my buddy Jared hop on with them. It was great to have one thing go my way last week, and it was that Michigan game. Let's get into the NFL, my favorite league. The Packers had a beautiful 7-1 winning on Sunday night against the Kansas City Chiefs, albeit they were without Patrick Mahomes, but Matt Moore was very formidable. He looked very good, and again, that is a very fast team. In my opinion, Mahomes is Mahomes. He's one of the best quarterbacks already in the league But the bonus of that Kansas City team is how fast their athletes are. Even still, an older Shady McCoy was shaking and baking. But you got guys like Marco Hardman and Tariq Hill and Demarcus Robinson. These guys can move. And not to mention, when everyone's spread out trying to chase after them, then you got Travis Kelsey just sitting there perfectly in the pocket. I mean, you saw it on his one touchdown, just wide open as he found a middle lane down the field. Um, Packers 7-1, though. They're coming into San Diego, or not San Diego. They're coming into LA to face the Chargers. Um, quick shout out to uh, to put out there: the Chargers, ridiculous, and uh, you're a horrible team. You're a horribly run organization. You left San Diego in the middle of the night to escape the ridicule, which I'm glad you're still getting. You play in a soccer stadium. You are going to have to lease your home games next year because the Rams won't share a stadium with you, and you're looking to charge me. $400 to go to the game this week. Will not be occurring. I will not do that. I will protest the Chargers and their ticket prices. It is absolutely ridiculous and sad as a true Packers fan to have to miss one of the times that they are, in fact, in L.A. I got to go to last year's game. 
at the Coliseum against the Rams, saw the heartbreak of the Ty Montgomery thing. But I am taking a stand. I am boycotting that the Chargers. This tree is getting significantly more aggressive out there, so you might be hearing it on the microphone. But boycott, boycott the Chargers. Send them back to San Diego, or better yet, dissolve as a team because you will never go anywhere, and you clearly prove that losing is your formula. Off of that tangent, other great things going on in the league. We had the San Francisco Niners once again prove me wrong as they are clearly a team to be reckoned with undefeated. The Patriots, the only other undefeated team, put in a stinker down on the Browns. The Browns had a lot of hype. OBJ, a lot of hype. And I have to agree with Max Kellerman here. Kind of a letdown. I'm not saying OBJ has lost talent. I, don't, I still think he's one of the best receivers in the league. But he has been absolutely a letdown. And you can see it with the Browns reeling right now. Their schedule does get a little bit easier. Maybe they can make a push, especially in that division where it's still kind of open. You've got a banged-up Steelers team. You've got the Ravens, who are actually headed into the Patriots this week. Lamar Jackson, I think, has grown more inconsistent through the air as the year has gone on. So for me, I think there's a lot of opportunity still for the Browns to make a push, a comeback, maybe find a wild-card spot. If not, they need to win the division. Uh, so that's where I'm at from last week's takeaways. I went 3-2, and two, losing the Panthers, which was an obvious one. I lost a two-unit two play with the Texans. The Raiders did come out to play. I was I was pretty impressed on that front. I think the Texans lost a key, key element of their team when J.J. Watt went down with a torn pectoral. He'll be out for the rest of the year. The Texans let me down. I thought they were going to have a higher scoring output than that. They did not, so that was a loss. But outside of that, Drew Brees came back and it looked like he had missed no time at all. And he was already ready for the postseason. They took the W, covering the 10.5. Eagles, what did I tell you? That was arguably my pick of the week outside of the, the Eagle or the Seahawks. Eagles going on the road and they put the stomping on the Bills. Circle your wagon, Bill fans, because that is your true team. I think the Bills are on the fall off watch alert right now. And then Seattle, hard fought. They let Atlanta back into the game, but they did cover the three and a half, which was a two unit play for me as well, putting me at a plus 2.2 units. Whereas Wits has also gotten up there. He is at a plus 2.1 units. Um, he has the 49ers was a great play. It was a two-unit play. Jacksonville, he won. Uh, Detroit, he was unable to capture. And Houston, he was unable to capture. But he hopped on board with me um, with the Seattle Seahawks. I act shocked when I sold, was telling you the uh, that we were in the same ballpark because I did not realize how close we were on the unit scale. But he's 21-19. I'm 22-18. So we've been giving you good NFL picks, and we definitely have you in the green when it comes to that, or the black, as people would like to say. Um, we've got a bunch of picks this week, and we're actually on the same side for quite a few. I don't even think we're against one another. Uh, I will start us off for our picks. We're both riding the Seahawks this week at minus six against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're back at home. Again, they've been looking a little off, especially on the defensive side of the ball. This is a very good Seahawks team. I don't want people to forget about. I think they're really in contention for a title this year, and I think they're going to stick it to this reeling Tampa Bay Buccaneers team, and I would believe Wits would say the same exact thing if we were in the same room. That is going to be a two-unit play for me. Wits has a two-unit play, picking the Detroit Lions at plus 2.5 against the Oakland Raiders. I have the same thing, not two units, but I do have the Lions plus 2.5 
I think the Raiders are given more credit than they deserve. I think the AFC is a pretty poor conference as a whole. I think the NFC is way more talented. And if the Lions can get out of their own way, I think the Lions are going to take this game pretty easily. I think this is going to be a 13-point win for the Lions. So the plus points is fantastic to take. I'm all about it. Um, I've got the Texans. I'm going back to the well. The Texans did not cover last week. They are going to London for this game against Jacksonville. Uh, me and Wits are on the opposite side of the coin here. He will be taking Jacksonville plus one and a half. I will be riding the Texans minus one and a half. And I will also make this for the second week in a row, a two-unit play on the Texans. I like them a lot in this one. We're also on the opposite side of the coin. Packers, Chargers, you know, being a Packers fan, I do not like betting on the Packers. It's a tough slate of games this week. So Aaron Rodgers coming in to his home state, a warm weather home game. It'll be more of a sellout in the favor of the Packers. You'll be hearing their cheers and their quietness while the Packers are on offense. Minus three and a half. I understand where the Vegas line is at. I think the Packers will continue to insert their will on teams. And I think after a tough game last week, they only will improve. I like Packers minus three and a half. Wits, on the other hand, will take the Chargers plus three and a half in this game. We finally have our own stretch. He's going to take the Carolina Panthers, minus 3.5. I'm going to take the Browns, minus 3, on the road against Denver. Again, Denver will be without Joe Flacco with a neck injury. And I already am under the impression this Browns team is going to make a concerted effort to be better. They did not play that poorly against the Patriots. They were able to run the ball. Baker's just got to get his head out of his ass and stop throwing the ball to the other team. He has an interception in every game, and he's on par with Jameis Winston in total interceptions this season. I really, really like the Browns in this game. They were underdogs to start until the Flacco news. If you get them at minus three, I think they're going to win this one convincingly on the road. Denver's a tough place to go. There's been snow there this week, so we'll see how the elements are able to hold up. But the Browns, to me, I also have, I have three two-unit plays this week, and the Browns are the third of them. I really like them a lot here. Um, going to the postseason, I think my favorite to keep moving forward is the Packers. And I got to tell you, watch out for the Patriots. I think the Patriots are going to find that their second half of the season is going to be very tough. And ultimately, I think it's going to be a go. Um, it's been a fun week, everybody. I know Wits wasn't on the line with us, so it was just me today. We're going to come back, of course, better than ever when we're back next week in full. I appreciate you guys listening to the opening line. You know where to find us on all the Instagram stuff that Adam Koloff set up. Um, other than that, hope you guys have a great weekend. Stay safe if you're in California. Stay safe if you're all over the country. And we will get back to you next week, everybody. Have a good one. What's your motto? Everyone want that lotto. Things ain't out of, I know. You're moving by the bolo. It's the way, oh. When you're moving by the bolo, it's the play, oh. Break, break, break down. What's your motto? Everyone want that lotto. You forgot, oh, I know. You're moving by the bolo. It's your way, oh. When you're moving by the bolo. Break, break, break that chain. Get up, get up, moving it. Feel the baseline with the groove in it. Shit, the buzz ain't losing it. I'm an next thing, I'm proving it. Talk about how I'm full of it. Bro, but I still be bold rich. You wanna know how I'm doing this? Listen, man, I'm moving by the polo. We're moving by the polo. When you're moving, when you're moving, man. We ain't gonna lose it. Watch how I'm moving. We ain't gonna lose it. Watch how I move, I move, I just can't help myself. What's your motto? Everyone want that lotto. Things ain't auto, I know. 
When you're moving by the boatload, it's the flail. What's your motto? Everyone want that lotto. You forgot all I know. You're moving by the boatload. When you're moving by the boatload. Get them all aboard. Move that thing on the harder course. And I'm back with the business. And the big road on route to the promised land. Get that involved. Ooh, Dragon Ball Z when we stir it up Superpowers, murder it down I got you now You feel the buzz like are you serious? Now you are so curious How did you experience? Party on this open gym We hanging on my shoulder cause you know we play Just gon' let it go. You just gon' let it go. We ain't gon' lose it. Watch how I move it. We ain't gon' lose it. Watch how I move. I move. I just can't help myself. What's your motto? Everyone want that lotto. Things ain't auto. I know. You're moving by the bolo. When you're moving by the bolo, it's the flail. What's your motto? Everyone want that lotto. You forgot all I know. You're moving by the bolo. When you're moving by the bolo. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.